Hello there, ladies and gents. Welcome to Chris Abalo's Podcast Experiment. I am Chris Abalo. This is already episode number 13, Lucky 13. And as promised, there's a guest, but we'll get to that later. Um, also, just a heads up, this will be an explicit episode since the conversation with me and my guest Ben Mills did get a little blue, not too much, but we do do a bit of cursing. So as a result, this episode is explicit, and uh, if I choose to curse in my monologue, then fuck it. So I do want to address a few items first, um, and this one's about a week old, but it still needs to be talked about. Uh, that would be the amazing job Jimmy Kimmel did pointing out how stupid we are <laughs> with his video uh, where the girl who's twerking, I hate even using that word, but uh, the girl who's twerking who then falls and catches fire and it turns out it's something he was behind to put up to show just pretty much how stupid we are and how the stupidest things will capture everyone's attention and uh, the videos themselves will, in fact, catch fire to a certain degree. So I love that he pointed that out and just did it as something very subtle. It wasn't promoted as far as, uh, hey, check out this video. It's something that kind of people discovered organically through sharing or people saying, oh, my God, do you check out this video? I have to give him a huge amount of credit for that. So congratulations, Jimmy Kimmel. You've pointed out how stupid... We are in, uh, at least in America, possibly elsewhere, because YouTube is all over the place, but bravo. Now, moving on to other news, and this is news I'm involved in, so it's the best kind of news. We are winding down year three of The Only Podcast That Matters. So this Friday on theonlypodcast.com and all the other podcasting resources where you can find the show, we'll be having annual cast where we take a look back at the year and talk about some highlights and uh, developments and all the different things. It's where we take an hour to look back and uh, just kind of not congratulate ourselves, but look at where we've been and talk a little bit about where we're going. I will be on the show in some capacity. <laughs> not sure how we're going to do it yet because we'll be recording it in the next day or two. But I will be on the show with Andrew, Jack, and Ryan, and we'll see how that goes. So make sure you check out the show on Friday, especially if you've kept up and listened to the only podcast that matters this year. We'll be talking a lot about, well, I'm guessing, we'll be talking about our favorite stuff and uh, where the show has uh, progressed over this past year and uh, where it's going to be going starting next month when year four kicks off in October. And I am really excited about the fourth year of the show because I was actually talking to Ryan on the phone. Here's a rarity. I was talking to my dear friend, Ryan Taggart, who never talks on the phone to anybody, especially guys, but we were on the phone for three and a half hours, basically catching up because he never, as I said, talks to anybody on the phone, but just through texting and all that, there's only so much that can be said. And with stuff that's going on with him and stuff that's going on with me, it just seemed right that we should uh, catch up. And uh, I had a day free anyway, because it, as it turns out, oh, that was pretty funny. I went out for the day uh, last week because every apartment in my complex was getting sprayed for bugs. So it was actually really funny when I came home uh, after spending the day out, because I just figured you need to be out for like two or three hours to let the, the vapors settle or whatever after they uh, spray your place. So I figured, let me just go out for the day and I'll come back that night. But uh, it was actually funny when I came home because there were a bunch of bug corpses laying around. It was like Joe's apartment gone wrong. Does anybody else remember that? It's from when MTV actually made good things, uh, even though a debate can be made that Joe's apartment was not that good, but I liked it anyway. So it was funny to see all the little bastards that tried to escape, but uh, ended up just dying belly up on my kitchen floor. It did make me laugh. I had to clean up about seven bug corpses when I got home. But uh, you know what? 
the day was even better earlier when I did talk to uh, Ryan Taggart on the phone for about three and a half hours and just kicking around ideas for some stuff we're going to do in the upcoming year on the show. And of course, just catching up personally. So uh, big doings happening over at the only podcast.com and on the only podcast that matters. So if for some reason you haven't, if you haven't done it for that show or this show, go to iTunes, subscribe, give the shows five stars, write a little review. And of course, always visit the homes at the only podcast.com and chrisabalo.com. The only podcast that matters is also available on Stitcher, Beyond Pod, Blackberry Podcasts, and a whole bunch of other ones. Uh, all those links are on theonlypodcast.com, but if you have a podcasting app, chances are you're going to find us on it. And hey, I'm going to be on the show this Friday, so all the more reason you should be listening to it. All right, as promised, I have a guest this week. After a long stint where it was just me yakking in your ear for half hour to an hour, depending on how much I had to say, I uh, was able to get together with my friend Ben Mills, who uh, we actually met doing some voiceover shenanigans, and he's a big cartoon fan like I am, and found voiceover to be kind of a, a step in that direction. So fortunately, we, we crossed paths, and we tend to be, uh, we, we were kind of the, the goofballs when we, when we got together to do uh, the, the work we were supposed to be doing. He and I would joke around a lot and dip into our cartoon impressions, which we'll talk a little bit about on the show itself. And we do jump topics quite a bit, hence the title of this show, Verbal Hopscotch, because we start on voiceover and move to cartoons and move to movies and, and all that. So we cover a variety of subjects, but uh, it all starts with doing voiceover, being a fan of cartoons and uh, the artists who are true voiceover artists, the voice actors who we grew up loving and all the stuff we enjoy as full-grown adults, uh, at least physically. So uh, it's a great conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it. But before we get to that, let me give you my recommendation for this week. I have not been able to stop playing the three singles from Nick Borg's Homeland, which uh, nothing to do with the TV show. It's a band from Sweden. Nick Borg is, uh, was, is the front man for the Backyard Babies, a band I've been a fan of for about the last 12 years or so. And he's done uh, three solo outings so far. And I just got turned on, too, because I follow Backyard Babies on uh, Facebook. They posted a video for his new single, Borrowed Feathers, and I've been playing it like crazy. It's such a great song. It's definitely more bombastic than Backyard Babies, which is more straight-ahead garage rock. But Borrowed Feathers and uh, his single from before that, Making Out With Chaos, and uh, his other single, End of the Rainbow, so good. I've been playing them like crazy. Uh, the albums are available digitally in the U.S., so if you go to iTunes or Amazon, check out some samples from Nick Borg Homeland. The album is called Ruins of a Riot, but so good. Just been playing the three songs over and over again. I am going to order the CD from an international distributor, of course, because I'm a lunatic. So rather than buy it digitally, I've just been streaming the songs over and over again. But uh, I'm definitely picking up the album. And if you dig rock music, and of course, if you already know who the Backyard Babies are, you owe it to yourself to check out Nick Borg Homeland, Ruins of a Riot. All right, no only in Los Angeles moment this week because uh, I didn't notice anything and I was too stupid to ask Ben if he was aware of anything or to bring something in. So uh, sorry about that, but hey, good news. We're going to get to the chat right now. You okay? 
I'm good. Okay, feel free to giggle or, or whatever. This All is, right. This isn't a professional thing. It's done in, a, in an right. empty room for crying out loud. I'm just a guest in your home. All right, everybody. I'm sitting here with Ben Mills. Hi, everybody. Who uh, we actually met about a year ago. Yeah, a year and a half ago, maybe? Uh, last, I'm trying to think, I think it was October. Yeah, so Just about oh, a year ago. yeah, way back in 2012. I remember. I remember dragons roamed the earth. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there was, was an election. Oh, actually, it was. It was. The, the, it was the yeah. Day we met was the Obama day got of reelected. The, of the, on, yeah, uh, of the uh, election last year. Okay, so it was November last year. Yes. And uh, yeah, it was. In, it was in a a voiceover scenario. Yes. And yes. we both have a tremendous affection for cartoons. Absolutely, and, which would get us in trouble. And smartassery. Yeah, and smartassery. <laughs> and that would get us in trouble. General too. smartassery and shenanigans. Yes. And general ribaldry. Oh, ribaldry. That's a new one, huh? That See? Is, that is yeah. good, actually. So you're, I like that you're already bringing the intellect into the show. You're welcome, it. Chris. You, thank you. <laughs> I'm happy to have some diversity and some intelligence in the show. Man, I know you're right. You need more diversity on the show. Nope. Better way to drive it home than by <laughs> exactly. going ethnic with your voices. <laughs> and then, then a very slightly racist. <laughs> yeah. Then just incredibly stereotypical voice. No, it's a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. Just saying, you know. <laughs> so what... Uh, I've been over it a thousand times yes. on my own anyway, but what drew you to the, the voiceover thing in the first place? Oh, just, um, you know, born and raised on cartoons, you know, gold, um, I, I feel like we're really fortunate in having kind of grown up in this second golden age of animation, you know, kind oh, yeah. of like when all the Disney stuff came back and, you know, Little Mermaid and, um, you know, Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain and, you know, this really res- good resurgence of not just animation, but good writing I think and it, good voices. I think a know? lot of that was we grew up with something that doesn't exist anymore, Saturday morning cartoons. Absolutely, we are the last wave of that, absolutely. And prime time animation. Yes. So now you yes. have two completely different classes of shows in as much as Saturday morning cartoons were for kids mm-hmm. and primetime animation was more or less for adults. Yes. Even the Flintstones back in the day was a little more, you know, because that was obviously a parody of, you know, the Honeymoon. Of the Honeymoon, yeah. It was, so it was supposed to be a sitcom. And so it's, yeah, so it's, it's always been geared to, you know, even Rocky and Bullwinkle back in the day. It's just like kids aren't going to get, get the Cold War references, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, they just think the accents are funny. That's right, that's right. And then there's a talking moose and a flying squirrel, and they're along for the ride, you know. <laughs> but, um, See, Rook. <laughs> oh, boy, pull a rabbit out of my hat. You probably do. You did a yeah. It's a pretty good bullwinkle, actually. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Hulky smoked. Okay. <laughs> no one can do June Foray. No well, one can do June. Uh, Foray. That's true. Yeah. Only June Foray. But who? who maybe I, Nancy Cartwright. Maybe Nancy Cartwright. Maybe Nancy Cartwright. Who's very sweet, by the way. I, I met her once. Did you? Yes. Yes. Very. Uh, very sweet. And I mean, it's so sweet because she had no hesitation pulling out the Bart voice, like right out. <laughs> I mean, because because we had this moment of like. Oh, I know who you are, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, I know who you am," <laughs> and so and so she just, you know, "Hey, man, how are you?" You know, and it's like, and of course, I'm just there going. When you oh. have that level of notoriety, at least with regard to a character, yeah, I think there has to be a point where you just own it. Absolutely. I mean, you are essentially that character at that point too. You know, it's just like regardless of how good the writing is, or you know, whatever, like you know, Matt Groening and the animation team did is like that character does not have legs if it does not have Nancy's voice attached right. to it. And, and that can also tie in into why that they demand such uh, outrageous raises sometimes. And because but, they can. And because they can. And, and I can definitely uh, agree to with that to degree, but you know, it's that's a whole that's a whole other kettle of fish. It know? is. So, it is in fact. But yeah, so. cartoons. So. Yes. <laughs> I love cartoons. <laughs> 
But uh, no, I mean, you know, I, I think a big component of it was my mom and to a greater extent my grandfather. They had a really good appreciation, strong appreciation of cartoons. Like my mom and my grandpa would always watch, you know, Rocket and Bullwinkle or Snagglepuss. And, you know, because that was such an essential part of her upbringing, it kind of transferred to me. And, you know, she would sit down with me and, you know, you know, like, no, 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 you need to watch Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck on Saturday mornings because yeah, it's this just, is it's part of the American experience. It yeah. really is. And, oh, that's a good stuff. And, too. you know, and so that to a greater extent made me want to be a writer and, 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 and an artist. And, you know, I mean, I've always tried to keep that stuff in, 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 in pace. And, you know, that's kind of why I was out here in the first place. But then always at the back of my, my head is like, I would always do these crazy voices to, you know, to make my mom laugh or make, you know, <laughs> you know, make my friends in school laugh. Didn't and, we all? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, at an early age, you kind of find out, especially if you're reading the credits, it's like, Hmm, Rob Paulson, Maurice LaMarche, Jim Cummings. This is like, you mean they get paid to do that? Yeah, I keep seeing these names. They get names. paid to do that? It's like, I do that in the <laughs> shower a, for free. That's a job? <laughs> yeah, that's a job, you know? <laughs> I and do this all the time just for fun. I know. How does one do Where's that? my residual check? <laughs> but How do I get cast? Yeah, but Where's then, my agent? Yeah, exactly. But then you do realize that there re- it really is, you know, it is acting, legitimate acting, and there's a craft to it and an artistry, and the reason they are where they are is because they do it very, very well, and they put in their time and their... You know their oh, their yeah. effort to a full it, it, it full truly throttle is a into it. Talent based, it is area of of work. It's not just you can't because if you were the nephew of someone at uh, Cartoon Network, it doesn't mean you're going to get cast. No, absolutely. <laughs> so there there is kind of a it sounds kind of pompous, I think, yeah. but it, there is a purity to it where no, you have to be talented. Yeah, not so much with with acting on screen, and I have mm-hmm. nothing against obviously the, no, the no, screen actors, not. but. There is a difference where with with voiceover and with uh, cartoon and character voices, you do need to have that ability. I mean, the argument can be made where celebrities come in for well, a lot of movies and they don't necessarily put on a voice. They're there to do their voice, but that's fine because Chris Rock has that voice. Yeah. So when they want him, that makes sense. But yeah. if that means a movie gets greenlit in the first place yeah. and other voice actors get to do voices as a result, that's one thing. But overall, yeah. though, you really do need to have talent you need yeah. to literally be able to step up to a yeah. mic and and, and unlike chris, and unlike chris rock who has one voice only one vocal profile yes if it's not a project that does not have that voice or is reliant on it um he's not going to get that job you know you need versatility you can't have this like oh i've got a great you know mickey mouse and it's like well that's great but they've have a mickey mouse already <laughs> yeah and is that if that's the only voice you have then well Chances are you got to wait along for a while or murder the current Mickey Mouse (laughs) to get that job because otherwise it's not going to happen. You You know know what's interesting, actually? The... And and I only found this out... uh, Well, I should say from the horse's mouth. Speaking of having only one voice, the first person to get cast for Toy Story... Hmm. For voiceover, do you know who this is or not? It's it's not like bizarre trivia. John Ratzenberger? No. Actually, it was Penn Jillette because he does the voiceover bit for the Buzz Lightyear commercial. Buzz, 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 Oh, really? Because they wanted that kind of strong, loud, powerful voice and kind of raspy voice that sounds like that well, type of commercial. Well, that sounds very odd because Pendulette's not loud at all. Yeah. Who like, thought I just of him? Pendulette, the master of subtlety. Yeah. Yeah. He is. Yeah. He's, 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 he's kind of mousy. Re, he's the real nuance behind Penn and Teller, really. <laughs> but they called him yeah. because... Mm-hmm. They, that's exactly what they want. It's a hook. So it's sometimes, a hook. Yeah. yeah, sometimes it does kind of work to yeah. someone's advantage when you have a distinctive voice, but it's not like you're necessarily going to make a career doing some kind of voiceover. Yeah. So yeah. it really is a talent the more 
certainly the more I've paid attention to it, and yeah. I'm sure you found the same thing. It yeah. really is. It's something you, you need to be able to do, and you need to have kind of a catalog of yeah. pitches and accents. And ultimately, it's you're getting hired for you for your own particular wheel, wheelhouse. I mean, you know, I can do a you know a great you know little kid voice like this too, but no one else can really sound like this when I mm-hmm. when I'm when I'm selling you a new Lexus, the name and ulti, ultimate luxury, you know, or anything <laughs> like that. Because no one else sounds like Benny Mills, you know. So right. it's like you know I can. By extension, if they need me, like, hey, can you do John Cleese mixed with Sylvester? I was just like, oh, I could probably try that. But you only get in the door having established yourself as you. Right, by you having know? a set of tools yeah, already yeah, that yeah. you've proven. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, in between takes or whatever, too, is just, <laughs> just joking around, which, of course, is a concept completely unfamiliar to you and I, especially, <laughs> especially if we're in the same room. Yeah, that's um, trouble. You know, and then and then that's where you know the real kind of aha moments kind of kind of happen. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of ahas, uh-huh, this is this is a funny uh, experience that we oh, just yes. recently had. We went in to do a read for a commercial, mm-hmm. and basically Ben was the helpful clerk, and I was the snotty customer. Yes, yeah, so it was a UPS spot. We we read through it. And it sounded good, but we were kind of getting direction to try different things. More so me than you. I need to sound more snotty, which some people listening, especially if they've heard me in the past, are just like, is that possible? Yes. I needed, I got direction to sound more obnoxious. And uh, using Whereas my own I voice, didn't have any problem at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just had to sound, you had to be polite and helpful and agreeable. That was, that was the clerk's role was just to be like, yeah, you can do that. Yep. That's it. Not that I couldn't do it, but all of a sudden it was. Let's switch it around. Yeah. And then I did a read as the clerk, and you did a read as the annoying customer. Mm-hmm. And we did it in one take, and that was it. It yeah, was done. Yeah, one take. Yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. Yeah, it like, done. Good. Yeah. It was strange to kind of be <laughs> and on and that side. And we both kind of just like, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah. We heard it back. We thought, wow, that does work better, doesn't it? So it's really <laughs> interesting that yeah. we were both we were brought in with this and spot no, in mind. And of course, no competitiveness or antagonism at all with that, too. We're no, just like, no, we're not just at like, all. It's like, yeah, why not? You know, because it's just, it's just fun. I mean, again, it's just like, we <laughs> we're basically doing what we got to do when we were getting thrown out of class in high in oh, yeah. middle school. Oh, I, sp- I did a lot of time yeah. standing in the hall. Oh, yes. Like every class Glenn did. Yeah. <laughs> every smart every little smart ass who disrupted class. <laughs> but And look at us now. Yeah, look at us now. We're on the <laughs> we're on the internet for free. That's right. But uh it, it's funny though kind of doing um even just the the voiceover thing because I, it was recommended to me just having done podcasting and all that, mm-hmm. and I've uh, first of all, I apologize to people who've heard this from me a bunch mm-hmm. of times already, but for the sake of continuity within yes. the conversation, <laughs> since I've been doing the podcasting thing, and since people have always been complimentary with my voice and said, "Oh, you should do radio, you should be a sportscaster, all this other stuff," and uh, just from doing character voices and imitate because I imitate all my friends, it's just kind of a it is it's out of affection, it's not yeah. in a mocking way, and they know it too, yeah. but it, I, I can't get under the skin with it, and uh, just even imitating various characters my mother always said i think that'd be the best job for you and i'm like eh, mm-hmm. whatever because mm-hmm. i don't want my mother to be right yeah especially when i was a teenager <laughs> it's like why the hell like whatever you say bob yeah, yeah i know everything i'm 17 <laughs> but <laughs> but uh at some point it was since i enjoy i know i was comfortable getting behind the mic too like especially just having done podcasting and kind of mm-hmm. being myself and not trying to sound any other way yeah. just to honestly to, to be authentic which is really i think all you can aspire to be especially doing something like like yeah. this like what we're doing right now exactly and uh i thought well, well let me go for this and it was really the first time when i had to stand in front of a director and actually get direction on how to perform because a lot of things i had done 
I had done just with friends and it was kind of, I'd written it. So I knew what I had to do. So there wasn't anybody who wasn't me telling me how to do something. So it was interesting. There's no that I objective thought, opinion. Yeah. And I was like, I have to perform. I have to, you want, you want me to sound like what? Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it's fun. Like with the voiceover things, like sound like Don Pardo on it. It's Saturday night live yes. or Fred Armisen. In, yes. <laughs> Or dip into the uh, the Don LaFontaine in a world kind of voice, yes. which everybody which, does. By the way, have you seen that movie yet, Lake Bell's In a World? I want to see it, and I've heard good things, but you apparently were not a I fan. Was not, I was heartbroken that it was really? not as good as I, I mean. Did you, did you make it through or did you walk I, out? I, I actually, I, it's one of the few movies I walked out of. Really? I, I mean, and it's not to say that the concept is bad or everyone in it is awful because they're not. I mean, Rob Corddry is great, and mm-hmm. you know, I loved um, Ken Marino. He's. It's just so. It's so arch and broad. I mean, it might as. I've seen more nuance in a Gilly sketch on SNL, unfortunately. <laughs> and it's and this is nothing. I mean. And I really don't want to badmouth Lake, Lake Bell or, you know, her efforts or whatever. Because I'm sure, you know, she put her heart and soul into this. And, you know, I don't really want to denigrate it. But it just was just, oh, it just was not my cup of tea. It was really, really hard to get through. Hmm. Was it just generic? I mean, it in was, your opinion. It was like, it was like if you mixed a soap opera with every awful stereotypical indie movie trope you've ever seen. Oh, okay. I and see. I mean I mean her and her father character in the film is just I mean Archie Bunker had more nuance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I mean and more depth and more you know I just it was, he was just you know just bad mouthing her at every turn and like, like a woman dad. a woman can't be in this in voiceover because it's a man's business and I, I do I do want to make a point to say that it's not I didn't like the movie because it was a female-centric movie about like, like oh, it's so hard to be in the voiceover bi- industry as a woman, and I'm and I'm agree with that point of view too that it's that prejudice does exist to some degree, but you know like look at Tress McNeil or Nancy Cartwright or you know Jennifer Hale is just like they are making a shit ton of money. Oh yeah, and they've been doing and it for they, ages and, and ages, ages, and they are highly esteemed in the community too. And granted, voiceover is still predominantly, I'd say, a male. There are more men voiceover artists than girls, but I mean, I don't really think so anymore. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's a hot button issue anymore. And that's what was kind of like, well, this this might have been more interesting maybe 10 years ago. <laughs> Where you felt like there was less balance? Or, I, I mean, even, I mean, hell, even maybe like 15, 20 years ago. <laughs> before there know? were more indie movie cliches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, you know, before every movie had to... Has to be. It was. It was the summer that a boy became a man. You know, kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah, that kind of. And it's like, Ugh, just. And I mean, I really wish everyone who worked in that movie well, and I hope they do okay. Mm-hmm. But it was. It was not my cup of tea. And I, was, I was disappointed. I if do you, want to see the movie. I have to say. I yeah, mean, I, I will. Yeah. I, it's only playing. I mean, granted, we live in Los Angeles. Of course, it's playing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's playing at a couple of small theaters nearby. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, I will see it at some point, even if I don't catch yeah. it in the theater. Yeah. And I am curious. And I at least, not that I'm going to go see every movie that somebody writes, directs, and stars in. Yeah. But I do appreciate when somebody pours that much of themselves into it. Yeah. In as much as you're really, I mean, you're wearing a lot of different hats. And yeah. you're, 
literally carrying the movie because Absolutely. if it's if for, it's for great better, for better or for worse, you know that is a, yeah you know, yeah. If it and, sucks, it's all oh, the director couldn't do it, or yeah. in her case, it would be. It's oh, just she, the, the writing I feel like she tried to lines. cover too many bases. That's really honestly, oh really I feel, yeah. I, I mean I mean, and she's a great. Her vocal performances are great in it too. Oh yeah, the trailer. And, I was laughing. Oh, the honestly, trailers. The trailers great. The trailer. the I was trailer's like, this looks great, hilarious. But. I don't know. There's just it just hit me the wrong way. This really did. But, I got you. But um, comic book the movie that's a good <laughs> that's that, a good voiceover movie. I've been sitting on that for ages. It's one of the 260 titles on my Netflix yes, queue right yes. now. Yes, and I keep telling myself I need to watch it because I mean it's funny how there's so few people who, or at least so few that I'm aware of. I'm sure there are many, but so few people who are able to exist in both the voiceover and the on-screen acting world. Yes, yes. I mean, off the top of my head, it's certainly Mark Hamill, yes. who who's still works in live-action movies plenty. <laughs> and will be working in episode seven, hey, hopefully. Uh, uh, <laughs> supposedly. Supposedly. That's fine. I don't mind that Star Wars hasn't been... Uh, that we, we don't have thousands of details about Star Wars like we do see the Avengers yes. sequel and all that. So yes. I'm fine with that as of now. But uh, him and Phil Lamar and... Yes, yes. Even uh, John DiMaggio too. Like he was on. Uh, he was just on the newsroom. Yeah. He was on newsroom. Yeah. Which yeah. I, I, I and he had seen a spot on Modern Family too. He was great. He Did got, he really? Yeah, he got punched by Sofia Vergara. Oh, which of course, which of course, he punched me. He must have hated. He must have absolutely hated. I wouldn't care. I'd let her punch me for free. I mean, he was there and getting paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. I had nothing to follow. Yeah, hey, I'm not being a pig about it. Let's be honest. Hey, Johnny D, also from Jersey, by the way. He is. Yeah, I would really like to get him on the show, but he's so damn busy. Yes, he really is. And now, now going back to that, I know that voice. His movie. I want to see that so badly. Yeah, I know that's going to be great. I wish it's just been it's been in production for ages. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's finally on DVD, and he's he has it with him at uh, a lot of these conventions. Oh, cool! He's attending. I thought it was going to be like video on demand or something. I was hoping at this point it would have been because uh-huh. if it was, if you could rent it on Amazon for ten bucks mm-hmm. for like a twenty four forty eight hour rental, I would because I want to yeah. see the movie. Yeah, I mean, I would just outright buy the DVD anyway because a movie like that, more often than not, yeah. you will just have to buy it if you especially want to see for it. us. It's just like that. No, that's something we need in our collection. Oh, you know? definitely, you know and us. and also considering the people who are in it, it's, yeah. I, I'm absolutely fascinated oh, by everyone's yeah. in it. There are only two people who declined to be in it out of everybody. Actually, really? the, the aforementioned Tress McNeil and Frank Welker. <sighs> of course, are the only Frank. two people who oh, turned God, him down because they come just on. <laughs> they the two of them have been doing it for decades, and they just they live for the work. They're not yeah. looking for the credit. Yeah. Which well, I've heard. I mean, I mean, I'm sure you're also aware of Rob Paulson's Talking Tunes. Oh podcast yeah, love that too. show. And he's always tried to get Frank on Frank and Tress on the show. Too. Yeah, yeah. But Frank, I mean, Tress, I can, you know, I would of course love to hear too. And I can, I could tell maybe that she is a workaholic and she just wants to, you know, avoid that kind of excessive <laughs> exposure. Which uh, but Frank, I guess. But Frank, I've heard like, and Rob, Paul, Rob will, will tell you this right away too. Is just like he's just so self-effacing and it's like, like, oh, you know, I don't think anyone's going to care about you know what I have to say. And <laughs> right. I'm like you're Frank Welker. Yeah, you've been doing Scooby Doo for fifty you're, years. Yeah, you're, <laughs> yeah, since nineteen sixty nine. Everybody wants to hear what you have to yeah, say. He's been on. He's been Curious George for the last. Last ten years yes. or so, yeah, and, and uh, all these characters. Uh, yeah, forever. I mean, I mean, even just you know the animal voices he does to like Abu and, and Aladdin. And yeah, he's able to do kind of those funny <laughs> things. He, he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he, he did that. He does a lot of that with Curious George, which who also sounds kind of like a a friendly nibbler from Futurama. Oh yeah, <laughs> he, he does that voice too. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> and uh, 
it would be great to hear from those people. We want to hear from from them because we're yeah. fans. Yeah. But I guess when you're going into something, especially but, during an era when voiceover was voiceover and there wasn't going to be any notoriety attached yeah. to it, it was just going to be about the work. I guess that they just come from a different place as far as yeah. we you know we don't need to do this or that's not why I got into it or I'm not looking yeah. for any kind of credit or have some but kind of public profile. But you think about it, it's just like, you know, Mel Blanc wouldn't turn down an interview. Oh, hell no. You know? Apparently they have fo- <laughs> apparently in that documentary they have footage of well, they of also interviews. have Noel. Noel his son is in it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, apparently they they have exclusive stuff like interviews with uh, Mel Blanc. I don't it may just be audio. I'm sure. I've heard about it for do. for geez, almost 2 years now. This documentary which is why I'm going nuts. I want to see it. Yeah. But you would I mean, and, I, and, and it's not even, the, I mean, going back to the thing where it's like, like, of course we want to hear from Frank and Trust because we're fans and, you know, we love their work, but I feel like they're doing a slight bit of disservice because it's like, no, we want, I mean, it, it's like denying to do inside the actor's studio kind of. It's just like, no, we, you know, teach us, teach us. We want to know. Oh, and it's yeah. like, you know, what, what, you, what your craft is and, and like, what, what's your process and how do you get into a character and, and what motivates you to do what you do or even I just mean, your story a just cra- like, or a cra- yeah how did yeah. you get into doing this in yeah. the 60s <laughs> yeah it's, it's like 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 frank frank's from denver colorado i'm from colorado it's just like like how do you make the jump how did you make the jump frank yeah at what point did you think i'm gonna start doing cartoons yeah. like that's i don't know it'd be great and, yeah. and none of these people i imagine will ever be keen to write autobiographies I it would know. be great i know oh, maybe some some maybe more modern some, yeah voice actors would or, or some actress like I mean, hey, Mark Hamill's would be fascinating, obviously. Why I Star Kill Wars by Mark Hamill. <laughs> <laughs> Why so serious? Yeah. Oh, he was so good. I know He's so many still, people were, still were, the best Joker. Everyone was of all so time. mad when he said he wasn't going to be doing the Joker. Although yeah. I, I did like John DiMaggio's take. On, I really liked him in that. Yeah. On, on Even the Kevin Hood. Michael Richardson's take, I really liked him. Yeah, in, honestly. In, in I mean, there's so because there's so many different versions of the Joker where. Oh yeah. You can't. But just still, play Mark's it in one just way. the Mark's just. I mean, as a comic book fan, it's the best interpretation of the Joker from the page. Oh yeah, and it's know. great that he has that distinction. Like I said, he has a character he's known for. Yeah. I mean. He, he, he was, but lightly, I he was lightly successful in films. Yes. And, uh, but I do love it, too. Like, to as a diehard Star Wars fan, too, it's just like I look at him first as the Joker, second as Luke Skywalker. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that shows how much of a, yeah. a tune head you are. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that explains a lot. Don't believe me. I mean, I can, I, I can uh, quote IG-88 at the drop of a hat or you know, tell you all about the, uh, the Bantho or the uh, insert Star Wars reference here. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't hate Star Wars. I'm just not a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Okay. Are you more of a Trek guy? No. Really? No. I think, they're both, I think they're both just goofy. I mean, it looks. listen, when Episode 7 comes out, I'm not going to be protesting outside the theater saying, uh, down with the dark side. Uh, <laughs> Sandra Bullock must have the movies forever. Picking, there have been so many people picketing Star Wars movies. <laughs> yeah, well, like, that's what I mean. I, I hate the Sith. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. I miss those people. Down with the Sith. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh no it's not that i just i can't get into it i okay. i've seen the movies i, I even saw, i saw the prequels as well mm-hmm. and i enjoy them i enjoyed the original three mm-hmm. star wars movies i don't look at them as being religion like so many other people no, do. i mean i don't think of them as religion either too but it just 
I, it just affected me deeply and, and kind of the pop culture sense like whoa <laughs> like you know oh yeah it's it was like a punch in the face to everybody yeah. who sat in a theater in what 1977 yeah. or yeah. whatever it was when the movie yeah. came out I, but I again it's like we have so many especially from our generation too is just like you know we can drop in Indiana Jones or Aliens oh, totally. or Gremlins or Roger Rabbit or we have know, these tons we've grown of... up with what are essentially big budget B movies yes yes as mainstream blockbusters yes. but but you, considering especially now it's being put out it's like they're really good oh totally <laughs> extremely good and look at something like Star Trek for instance I just look at that as being just so goofy yeah. and so melodramatic I, will... I don't hate it yeah. I just I mean I went and saw the the new one mm-hmm. And I just thought, how does the, anybody take this seriously? Did you see? Did you see the second one this year? The oh yeah, the no, that's that's what I mean. I went and saw that in the theater, and I thought, I mean, the lens flares one... need to stop. Absolutely yeah. need to stop. But also because I love the big push for me. I love Simon Pegg, but wasn't reason enough for me to no. see the Mission Impossible or Star Trek no. movies. But uh, I love Benedict Cumberbatch and Sherlock. Yes. So I said. Who is rumored to be, be in villain. episode seven, by the way. Apparently, he dropped out of Guillermo del Toro's movie. Yes, yes. to be in episode seven, yes. which would be. Interesting. Yeah. But it depends. See, that's what I mean. Uh, just because of Star Wars, even some of my friends have said to me, like, you're not going to go see the new Star Wars movies? I said, if they look like good movies, I will go see them. But hearing, all right, they might be getting Benedict Cumberbatch, mm-hmm. and they're looking at Leonardo DiCaprio. And Who's not going to be in it, by the way? Oh, he's definitely not? Probably not. I mean, who knows like at this stage? Yeah, I mean, yeah. like I said, Disney, thankfully, has been quiet about it because mm-hmm. it's not going to be oversaturated. It will yeah. be in two years' time yeah. when the movie's been out. Well, a year, a year from now when they release the trailer, it'll be. It'll oh, totally. Be oh, at, at, next year's, at next year's D23 Expo, it absolutely yeah. will be. I will say that I was disappointed with this year's D23. They, they had nothing. See, I mean, I'm not grateful. Even, I, mean, I mean, and considering just how blatantly... <laughs> Obvious it is too is like if you're setting it 30 years after Return of the Jedi after the last can in the in terms of the canon the last right. episode it's like of course just just tell just admit like yeah Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia and Han Solo are going to be in it I mean just give us that right you know it's, I mean just it, this say, is being set re- yeah. really in 30 I mean, it has been 30 years and the story is going to happen 30 years later yeah yeah I'm I'm okay with that yeah and just, that's all I wouldn't I mean I don't need a title yet or anything like that too but it's just like come on guys <laughs> I wish they confirmed the three of them would be back at least that would be yeah instead, then it'll feel like, like Star Wars oh I don't know you know it's just like come on they're going to be in it they're yeah, going to be in instead it. of the the in conceivable uh, mm-hmm. lack of chemistry that Natalie yes. Portman and Hayden Christensen yeah. had. Yeah. Like, yes, can we at least get people who we know work well together? Yes, exactly. Out loud. exactly. Just, just, just put Anthony Daniels in the suit again, that uncomfortable mm-hmm. gold suit, and just have him in R2-D2 have some witty gay banter. That would be wonderful. Yeah, that, that is all we need. We, need, the, we, we need. need the golden homosexual, we need the big hairy guy, and... <laughs> oh, we, my. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way Simon Pegg described him in, in uh, his autobiography, which was brilliant. <laughs> You're talking about seeing Star Wars. Yes. Yes, yes. Amazing. And get the audiobook. Mm-hmm. There's an amazing um, kind of parallel story. Yes. Every other chapter is his actual autobiography, but it begins with kind of a, uh, a comic book style version of his life, which very closely parallels Star Wars. How oh, cool. And it includes him doing various voices and a bunch of let's say, audio-specific gags. So I recommend that to you and anybody else who's mildly curious about Simon Pegg and who also has an interest in uh, the stuff he does, be mm-hmm. it Star Trek or Star Wars or whatever. Have you seen uh, The World's End? Oh, twice. What'd you think? Oh, so you liked it. You really liked it. I really liked it. You know what, though? I, I enjoyed found it. It was, very, it was very sweet. It had a more serious tone than <laughs> By the, the end others. of it, I'm kind of like, oh, my God. Yeah, like, this is deep. Yeah. But I understand... Why it did, only because the subject matter it was dealing with. with Look, we're, this isn't going to be like spoilerific, folks, so mm-hmm. don't expect we're going to give too much away. But uh, it, the movie kicks off with, with Gary, Simon Pegg's character, 
in an AA meeting, essentially. Yeah, so yeah. the the fact that he's an alcoholic does play into why he wants to do this pub crawl and everything mm-hmm. else. That's not too much of a shock. But it did dig it deeper issues. But the second time I saw it, it was even funnier. And that's been the case with me when it comes to Shaun the Dead and Hot Fuzz before it, mm-hmm. where I find them funnier every time I watch them. Mm-hmm. And the first time I ever saw those two movies, as entertained as I was, it was the least amount I was entertained by those movies because it kept getting better for me. Mm-hmm. And The World's End, just having gone and seen it a second time a few weeks ago with some friends, it was even better the second time just because mm-hmm. I picked up on more of those nuances and more of these yeah. comedic moments and all that. So I know I'm just going to love it even more as time goes on. Nice. But uh, I it's really... tough for me to pick a favorite between Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz anyway. Oh, yeah. I, I would it's have to go with Shaun of the Dead, though. I think I may give Shaun of the Dead the edge just because yeah. I've loved it longer. Yeah, yeah. But oh, I just I, I just enjoyed all, all three of those Cornetto uh, <laughs> movies, the Cornetto trilogy, the Cornetto yeah. trilogy, um, that they are just the perfect combination of committing to two genres and just really committing to them and just not sacrificing um, conventions of either, and it just really works. It's like it's like Ghostbusters in a way, like go, how Ghostbusters, oh, yeah. Ghostbusters is legitimate sci-fi horror and also a comedy, and one hundred percent, and one hundred percent, and so like Shaun of the Dead is a true zombie horror movie that's also a comedy. Hot Fuzz is a buddy cop action movie, also comedy, and yeah. this is a apocalyptic reflective end of the world movie that's also a comedy yeah, it's, a, it's a big chill so, with aliens yeah it's the big chill with aliens <laughs> that's really what it is <laughs> yeah, it really is um and the interesting thing though the thing i love most about those guys is first of all the movies themselves are great mm-hmm. it's hard to not fall in love with those movies yeah. but uh the fact that the comedy never takes you out of what's going on like no. there, there are some very serious moments in Shaun of the dead mm-hmm. listen folks if you haven't seen it Please stop listening to this right now. I beseech thee. Watch Do us a Shaun favor and kill yourself. If you haven't seen Shaun of the Dead, go outside. <laughs> it's been nine plug, years. Plug three in your head. There you go. Continue. But, uh, when, when his mother is dying and all that, he has uh-huh. to shoot her. And then yeah. when, uh, even when, when Liz dumps him in the beginning of the movie, it's mm-hmm. just... You, you do feel bad. You don't look at it mm-hmm. as being schlocky or like, you know, no. this is just, this is so cheesy. Like, they're yeah. trying to put drama in this hilarious movie. Or the fact they're trying to put so much comedy into a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I, I love the way they're able to just blend that so yeah. well. They just mix the comedy in with any I think it's because they realize that, that life is funny, too. And, and, you know, and it's like you have those moments, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean in the midst of, like, like, you know, that's why, you know, you hear, like, stories about, like, guys, like, in World War II or, you know, battles and such like that where they're actually joking while they're, like, you know, storming the beaches at Normandy or something because you can't help but, you know, that's the only way to diffuse the situation. Yeah, you have to bring some kind of you levity to. to it. I mean, I mean, and that's just human nature. That's just, people are like that. That's what I always like about that is, like, they've always seemed real to me. Like, like that's how, that's how pe- at least for people in my life, that's how people act. It's oh, definitely. More, more, more so than, you know... Any, any, like you know. I mean, and of course, I love Wes Anderson, but as a, like in any, I mean, his movies are far more cartoony than Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, you know, <laughs> in my opinion, and not as overt when it comes to oh, the comedy no, no. either. Yeah, it's not as much hit you over the head as as a lot of the things are in Shaun of the Dead. Hot yes, Fuzz, yes, World's End. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know what, though, those movies, I have to say, and the World's End was another one, even though initially, like I said, it was more serious and struck me as having more. Uh, more serious overtones than kind of overtly comedic like uh, Hot Fuzz and Tron of the Dead. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those movies where at the end of it, I'm like, I want to go make a movie. I want to yeah. get my friends together and make a movie. Yeah. 
Because you're just like, God, look, because look Edgar, what can be done. Because Edgar, Simon, and Nick have done it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Even though it's hard to yeah. do it as well yeah. as they do. <laughs> it's still, at the end of it, I think, man, I really just I want to go make a movie. And mm-hmm. the fact that it's like, man, this movie, I don't have $20 million at my disposal. No. Not even no. remotely that, near that amount of money. But I think, but you can man, do if it. they can do, you can it, do it, it, yeah. Yeah. That honestly, it's one of the things. When I look at that, it's it's something to aspire to when it comes to writing specifically, mm-hmm. because just the way they're able to nail everything, and that they're able to always constantly refer back mm-hmm. to different things early in the script. And there's a lot of those things I didn't pick up on with the World's End the first time, mm-hmm. with um, like for instance when Simon Pegg's talking to Martin Freeman about, you know, we're gonna do his pub crawl and all that, and then Simon Pegg's talking, talking. And then Martin Freeman says, I don't remember what the exact line is, but, you know, I'm lost. And then Simon Pegg's like, don't be. And then fast forward to when they're doing the pub crawl, and it's the other way around. And Martin Freeman's oh. saying something to Simon Pegg, and then Simon Pegg says, I'm lost. Martin Freeman says, don't be. Just the way they always have those things in there where it's just like, ah, the other person's saying it. She's on the other foot now. This is hilarious. I just love the way they build those things in. Mm-hmm. Or even when it comes to uh, just calling back to things within the movie. Oh, that's that's so brilliant. I, I love, love when that happens because yeah. it just shows how much went into it. Yeah. Where it's like, they really thought this out. They didn't just sit and write a bunch of yeah. jokes. That's why I love the first run of Arrested Development so much is that there was just, it was just littered with that. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, mean, constantly. Just... And I just got into Arrested Development oh, the yeah. last few months, yeah. which I know I'm way behind. Can, yeah. Well, you can skip this current season. On Netflix, really? really? I've heard there's mixed things three, about it. There's three really good episodes in it. Um, I just, again, I just feel like they just try to pack way too much into into what they had and it just it gets overstuffed and muddled and they don't let it breathe i think considering what they've wanted to do i mean i haven't heard anything from any of the the actors or the creator or, mm-hmm. or the writers or anything concerning this but i know that the goal initially was to do a movie. get everybody back together yes and make a movie and i just feel like if they were going to flesh it out in a way what, where it's like character centric episodes from mm-hmm. what I understand this new season then That's at least they can true. flesh it out more okay I yeah. mean I don't I haven't gotten that far yet yeah and uh, frankly it was one of my incentives I, I kind of got yeah. on the bandwagon because I said oh I guess I need to start watching Rest of the Development now <laughs> but uh <laughs> and it's one of those things I've noticed I've done more and more where uh, I I will watch something on Netflix that I may not watch just because it's on Netflix and I'm yeah. like ah this looks good but I'll, I'll get back to that later mm-hmm. but um it seemed like, all right, if they're going to flesh something out, better to do that over the course of, I don't know how many episodes, let's say 13 episodes. 13, yeah. Okay, at 20 minutes a piece, mm-hmm. you're getting more stuffed into that as a story overall. Yeah. It's more of a full story but, than if you're trying to make an hour and 40 minute movie. But if you have four different subplots going at the same time in addition to the main storyline, and you it, also yeah. have the narrator talking about events that are actually unfolding on the screen in sync with dialogue the characters are saying on screen as well. Oh, okay. It it's just, just becomes this cacophony of just, shut up! <laughs> Can we stick with one story, please? Can someone just get hit with a poppins? That's all I need to say! <laughs> Jesus! But... I do need but, to catch up. But I'm that. actually kind of, that, and that's why I'm still uh, behind it in, the, in terms of them doing a movie too, is because that will force them to be concise and then tie everything into 90 minutes. Because if you have, I mean, you know, I couldn't, I really couldn't understand pe- why people would have the capacity to binge watch this or, you know, or like Breaking Bad, you know, like, like how could you binge watch, you know, all of this incredibly deep stuff 
in a 16 hour period. Yeah, without like, coming I mean, out a, like, a lunatic. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, you would lose your goddamn mind. I know, I keep saying that too because I've yet to see a single, fr- I, and I get crap for it all the time. I've yet to see a single frame of Breaking Bad. Or, oh, uh, I know, yeah, see, that's the reaction <laughs> I get from everybody. No, no. But I know I'm going to have to. Uh, here's, I, I'm not going to belittle you, but you're a terrible person. Apparently. A yeah. terrible, that's, awful and, person. And you won't be the last one to say it. <laughs> but, uh, it's one of those shows where I know ever since DVD came out, I have basically been a binge watcher. I'll just buy a season. Mm-hmm. I won't so much watch it. I on can understand. I can television. agree with that. So know? I have lost the ability to wait a week mm-hmm. to find out what happens. Yeah. So I really yeah. am going to have to wait till the series is over and it's on Netflix and watch the entire, uh, what's going to end up being essentially six seasons. Yes. All over the course of a week yeah. or 10 days or I'll two weeks. I'll be like that with Game of Thrones. Like, like I've never seen a full Game of Thrones episode. Never seen a full newsroom episode. Yeah, but, I, that's what I mean. Like, I'd, I'd be keen to pick up the seasons, and or like Walking Dead, I haven't seen at all. Yeah, and I think I well, think, we can uh, Walking Dead. No, <laughs> yeah. Zombie, zombie fatigue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, I, I've fatigue when it comes to uh, yeah. zombies. Oh, and I had pretty vampires. No desire to see World War Z at all. I had none when either. They says, when they announced it from when it was in theaters to when it left theaters, I'm like, still don't care. You know what? For what it's worth, that's how big a star that Brad Pitt is that every yeah. billboard, he had his back turned to it. You didn't have yeah. to see his face yeah. and everyone's yeah. like, hey, Brad Pitt's in this movie. Yeah. But uh, I just thought... He drank Brad Pitt's ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, I just can't do another, another movie with just zombies, especially... Zombies who can run faster than humans, no, and it's, it's PG thirteen, and yeah. the unrated cut probably they just you know added a little There's CG a little blood, blood and whatnot. Yeah. I can't do it, man. No. It's just it's so much. It's... I was zombied out three years ago, like the first really season am. of Walking. They, they should have just made Walking Dead for a one season run. They should have just done thirteen good mini, a thirteen episode miniseries. That'd be good. Yeah, have Frank Darabont directs all all thirteen episodes. That's all you need. I am very curious about Frank Darabont's new show, though. This kind of uh, yes, um, the it's uh, kind of like a it noir was, show. It was, uh, yes, so what is it? Um, Lost Angels. Lost yes, Angels, yes. And actually, Simon Pegg is in the pilot as well. Yeah, yes, playing the, a serious role, as well as uh, my favorite comedian Dana Gould is has a uh, really role, uh, yes, yes. When is that coming on? Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> You know what's funny? We're sitting next to a computer. I can just look it up, but I'm not yeah, going to. That's too much work. Too, yeah. too hard. It's like, I got to take a hand off the mic to look something up. <laughs> no way. I believe, but it's not like on TNT, like either the end of this month or the beginning of October. Okay. Think, so it's so. this fall on yeah. cable. Check, check your local guy. This for fall listings. on basic cable. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Which is fine because, I mean, TV has risen to a point where. Well, TV it's, is it's fun. So I mean, I mean well and that's what was so disheartening about going back to in a world because. I mean, the night before, I had watched the previous episode of Breaking Bad, which was by far one of the most intense, not only just the most intense pieces of television, I would probably put it up there, was one of the best produced... 40 minutes of your life. Well, well, not of my life, but, but, (laughs) but, but certainly of pop culture within the last 20 years. I mean... I, I, I could see that. I mean, I mean, it just. I mean, I would be looking at my friends and we, after it, we watching it live, and we're just like, "Oh, we're gonna have to like watch Little Mermaid or something right now." It's yeah, just we like, need to light oh, up. we need to even oh out. Oh my god! <laughs> and and then and then to just and and they cram all that into forty minutes, forty minutes, and it's just breathtaking. And you know, you, you look at Mad Men or you know um, Game of Thrones or Newsroom, and you see all this great talent being poured into these shows and then 
such fleeting glimpses of this on 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 the big screen. Yeah, it's that's kinda, the funny part. Yeah. Like all the, it seems to me, and now I don't for watch a last, lot of TV, but it seems like the best writing is going to TV. Absolutely, with for the yeah since like theaters, two years since like get, two three years ago. Yeah, that's, yeah, TV's where all the talent is. Yeah, because all the where, yeah. At, at, your local Cineplex, you have superheroes and Adam Sandler. Yeah. You have two choices. Yeah. And the, those are both of them. And I will go see superheroes. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. naturally. Yeah. But, Adam um, Sandler in Grown Ups 3, Grow Up Harder. It's probably, it's probably going to happen. Good Lord. Oof. Anyway, uh, look, somebody could, out there likes it. I don't know who. <laughs> I know. It's but, like, uh, who are these people? Can we, can we put them in a cannon and blast them into the moon? Dude, I went and saw The Heat. For the second time, which I With enjoy, I enjoy quite a bit. Oh, I, I love, I hurt from laughing at that movie. I've been, <laughs> I've been flying the flag for that movie since last year when I heard it was happening. <laughs> that cat but, took uh, one look at you and said, "No, thank you. No fucking thanks, <laughs> man. I'm out of here." <laughs> oh man, they show. actually had trending on on uh, Twitter and Facebook this week. Uh, that cat is an asshole. Hashtag that cat <laughs> is an asshole. And whoever's handling the social media for the heat is brilliant. But anyway, uh, that aside, because I've spent enough uh, gushing. That and the Northampton Clown. <laughs> it's, um, I saw the trailer, though, for uh, Grown Ups 2 before uh, my sister and I saw The Heat. And everyone's laughing, and I'm thinking, you people can't be going from this. Having seen The Heat, I'm like, you can't go from this movie to that, can you? No. no. Like, fat guy lands on a little guy, they and that gets big laughs? They literally have to be working on another brain length that <sighs> we have no There's something I'm no missing. Here, with. I honestly wonder if... And look, Adam Sandler's way successful, and I'm sure he cares not an ounce about my opinion. And is a very nice guy, by the way. He did actually I'm shop sure in the is. store sure I worked in uh, a couple of years ago. It was very friendly. It was st- stop, take photos to everybody. It was was polite yeah. when shake hands, all that. I have nothing against the guy personally, but I would like to know if he thinks, if he's writing this just to make a Paycheck. kind of safe, disposable hour and 40 minutes, mm-hmm. and because he gets paid a lot of money to make these movies with his friends, mm-hmm. or if he thinks what he's doing is actually really good. Because I can't help but think when you look at something like the the work he's done, the, all the movies he's done, specifically in the last 10 years or so, if you're going to look back at the, the legacy of Adam Sandler, it's like he did a bunch of movies nobody watches anymore. But, no. man, they went and saw him in the first two weeks they were in theaters. Yeah. Oh, it's not, I mean, look, he's way successful, as I said. Yeah. So I'm not putting him down. I'm just wondering if he thinks this is good, if he, if he yeah. thinks the stuff he's doing is actually of such quality that's like, oh, I'm going to be remembered for this because that needs yeah. to – yeah. I would think that plays Somehow. a role in it at some point. I'm not going to go every episode of this podcast is, yeah, but, yeah. is amazing and incredible, I mean, but uh, I'm also not asking for $80 million to do it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you you know, it's like a nice, you know, it's like a nice gastro pub who makes a great burger, but somehow McDonald's is always going to be there. Yeah, it's always going to be making money. That's what I, I regard movies like that. I was like, is it just fast food? You go yeah. in just because you know what you're yeah. going to get, and yeah. that's it. You're not looking for anything satisfying. You're just looking for yeah. a kind of a fix. Not even, yeah, not even lasting satisfying. Just, 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 for, just, just in just, the moment. Just literally ninety minutes, and then that's it. <laughs> yeah, and then when the movie's over, you're like, huh? Yeah. What happened again? Yeah. Oh, Actually, wow. getting back to the TV thing, mm-hmm. um, because as I said, I've I no longer have the patience to wait. But I always find it weird, and it's been more pervasive lately when people start talking about Walking Dead movie, Game of Thrones movie, Kickstarter, Ar- Arrested Development is different. Yeah, uh, in as much as I don't know, uh, supposedly they're going to be doing another season, but I don't think it's it's mm-hmm. a definite deal yet. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like not to say they couldn't make it work. But when you get for something like Game of Thrones, which I've barely seen, but uh, you get an hour of that every week for three months or four months, why would you want to go to a theater 
pay 15 bucks and sit through a two and a half hour condensed standalone story Mm -hmm. when you get it episodic doses of it yeah for you get a much larger and more cohesive story over the course of 12 episodes. Yeah. Why would you want just a movie? Yeah. I think it's so weird that unless fans are going, clamoring for these movies. Unless you're really going outside the box and expanding the horizon of the original property. There's no reason to do a movie. But I still can't see people going out to see it, though. That's the other side of yeah. it. I mean, look, it's probably not going to Well, I mean, like, like I would say, like, like a good example, the Simpsons movie. Obviously, they had many seasons under their belt. Oh, they, yeah. They were saying they were going to do that for years and years and years. And... I will say, like, I was extremely excited for it, too, because, you know, at that time, it was under the impression that the show would end first, and then they would do the movie. Right. And, or that a Simpsons movie at that point was, like, 15 years too late. Yeah. <laughs> at the point yeah, when it came yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, and I will say, like, like I had seen some previs work that they had done and some early animatics and like, or, like, test footage that they would show, like, Comic-Con and stuff, and they changed so much of that movie Throughout the course of it, and you know, you know, they had they literally had a one hundred drafts of that script. Wow! They just kept doing, but they, but it's like they kept changing it so much at every single stage. It's like, you know, a joke is funny thirty, you know, you know, twenty nine times you hear it, but the thirtieth time you go like, meh, I'm getting kind of bored of that. Or you write a better joke. Or, but, and, but, and but more it. often than not, especially in the Simpsons movie, they don't. I mean, it's weaker. And then they didn't really, I mean, the animation I felt they did a great job with because it's like the show, but it's a bigger version. And they actually yes. got a lot, bunch of people who worked at Disney originally to come uh, onto that. Well, there you go. And so that was pretty cool. And they, they did, you know, I, I was hoping they would do a PG-13 movie and, you know, they would maybe beef up the language and the darkness of it a little bit, too. And, <laughs> eh, a little bit, little bit of that. I think they could have gone more intense with that, too. But, but, it, but it was it's just like, like you're just trying to cater to so many people all at once. You're just missing and just trying to please everybody. You're just m- missing the core base that, <laughs> that you started with is why we wanted to see it in the first place. True, but having said that, I thought the Simpsons movie was the best Simpsons product period in quite a few years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, overall, considering... The last really good Simpsons episode I saw, I forget which season it is, but it was like within the last four years or something, was they really? did, did a-shot-for-shot parody of 24, and it was I phenomenal. See, I could see that so being good. fun, but I almost feel like... and. I know blasphemy, but, I'm sure, yeah. but I almost feel like that would be kind of to a degree out of the Family Guy playbook, where it's let's take something that exists yeah. and adapt it to make it fit. Like we're gonna well, we're gonna start our own A team, or you know, well, yeah, whatever you know, it is. But, but they also did that a little bit too with like you know they made they made their own Frasier episode when they had Sideshow Bob's brother played by <laughs> Dave right, Pierce, like, yes. and, you know. <laughs> That's but, funny, but that's kind of like a reference within yeah. the, the Simpsons world. As but that's also to. a very that's very a very much a core Simpsons tenet too is to be very self 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 referential and meta. It's like and you know like totally. like what like they did a Frasier title card on that episode saying Frasier is a is a sitcom that airs on NBC. Like they were really <laughs> right. they're like like we know what we're doing and, and what you're going to say, so we're just going to cop to it before you can. Oh man, I don't know if you heard this already, but yes. this this blew my mind, mm-hmm. and I'm way excited for it. Mm-hmm. Since you brought a Frasier, mm-hmm. did you hear that? Uh, you, just I by looking at your face, I think you know what I'm talking about. Kelsey Grammer's in Expendables, Expendables 3. 3. I think that's a great choice. That's amazing. Between him and Harrison Ford being added, I'm like, yeah. this is going to be incredible. It's going to be crazy. Not, it's going to be everything I hope it will be. Because <laughs> Expendables 2 was vastly superior to the first one. I hadn't seen any of them yet. But, but, now, <sighs> but, now, but now if they're getting everyone for this one, it's like, isn't Mel Gibson going to be in it too? He's the bad guy. Oh. And he's huge. He's <laughs> 
Like when, there are photos <laughs> of him online. His arm is the size of his head. His bicep. I mean, dude's fifty-seven, I think. Yeah, something like that, and he looks great. It, honestly, it's, it's and it's, I'm excited from all that work he did with the beaver puppet. That's that's what that's kind of dude. That was a really good movie. Yeah, actually. it was. I it rented was. that. He was incredible. Good. I would really like to see from uh, man. We're topic jumping like crazy, in this, but that's okay. <laughs> it's a very very much Ben a, and Chris it's a, yeah, <laughs> rant. That's exactly what it's yeah. all about. I would really love to see. I, I realize Mel Gibson is never going to 100 percent recover no. when it comes to the the public's opinion about him. Yes. But I would love to see him. With, um, I mean, with Machete Kills, looks hilarious, mm-hmm. and I love the first one, and I like that he's playing just this bad guy, and he's playing a bad guy in The Expendables. I would really like to see him come back as everybody sees him more for his talent than for his personal demons, yeah. which obviously there's a lot more stuff going on, which frankly there probably is with plenty of people at a certain level of, of success and also who have battled addiction the way he has. He's been an alcoholic for ages, but uh, it would be great to see him come back in the way that after everyone kind of wrote off Tom Cruise, then he shows up in Tropic Thunder, everybody falls in love with him again, Mm -hmm. and now he's doing three movies a year. Yeah. So it would be great to see that. nothing had happened. Right. It'd be great to see that happen to Mel Gibson because we know the dude's talented. He can direct. He can act his ass off. Mm -hmm. The dude, it would be a shame to see him not do anything else again. Yeah. And I thought the Beavers, I thought Get the Gringo was really good. There's another one for your Netflix oh, queue okay. if you haven't seen it. Did you see Payback? I have not seen Payback. Back. Oh man, you're missing. There's two. Right. See, you can you can hate me all you want for having not seen an episode of Breaking Bad, <laughs> but I saw a Mel Gibson movie. No, I can hate you more. I can hate you more. Okay. <laughs> and I've seen the first two Expendables. They're sitting right over there across oh, from yes. us. Those those movies are great, and they're completely aware of what they are. I'm, they sure, know, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure they know they are lunkhead action movies. I don't want to say lowest common denominator, but they they don't take themselves too seriously. Yeah. They're very. I don't want to say self aware, where it's, they're not kind of like winking at the audience, but they're enough kind of um, like, references we'll, to we'll their play your game. Catalogs. We'll play your game. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and it's it's perfect, and it works so well, and it's it's good just to see those guys working. Period. That is, yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely. it's really cool to see people like that, uh, guys who are talented in their own right. I mean, yeah. it's, it's I always a shame. like Kelsey Grammer's Beast. By the way, the one good thing about X three, yeah, I have to agree. Actually, you know, I don't I don't hate X three as much as people do. I do. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm also not a combat guy, so I went into it oh, just kind of okay. completely yeah, fresh. Right. Right. But just as a movie, I don't hate it as much. I feel like the the uh, X Men Origins Wolverine movie was way worse of a movie than X Three. Absolutely, okay. I will agree with you there. All right, man. good because that's one I, no, people are just like, no, X Three was terrible. But uh, anyway, I, uh, I I really thought he was one of the great parts, and it's a shame that kind of that's not going to be revisited because in in the X Men movie that comes out next year, mm-hmm. I forget who's going to play Beast now. Totally drawing a blank, but oh, that Kelsey um, Grammer as Beast is not going to happen anymore. Yeah. Well, are, are they using the guy from uh, First Class? Probably. He was good. He was good in that. First Class was actually a really good X Men movie. It, oh, it was, it was extremely incredible. Good yeah, movie. that was yeah. That, that's yeah. for me. It's just yeah. right below X two. Yes, it was incredible. Yeah, well I would balanced. probably yeah. yeah First I Class, I, I was there. all in for that movie. Oh, it was amazing. Yes. Yes. It's a shame too that uh, Nightcrawler seems to have gone by the wayside despite uh, being mm-hmm. great in X two. Mm-hmm. And then uh, no more beasts. So I guess it. I, uh, James Cameron just ruined blue characters in movies. Yeah. In two thousand nine. We well, don't know why. Well, I have my own choice words for James Cameron, but that's a, for another podcast. I think. No, let's hear him right now, actually. I'm very curious. Because I, I walked out of Avatar. You want to talk about really? movies? Yes. Okay. You want to talk about movies that, we walked, that I've walked out of? And I've walked out of that. My friend twisted my arm to go see this really stupid movie 
in 2001, maybe 2002. Mm-hmm. It's a movie called Crazy Beautiful with Kirsten Dunst and Latin heartthrob. I'm very vaguely familiar with that. I have, I, I barely remember anything, but I sat there for a half hour and I said, this fucking sucks. I'm uh, getting out of here. And, oh, and uh, that- I said, I'm leaving. I was like, you could finish watching the movie and I'll come back and meet oh. up with you later. But he walked out it's with just me. that. Oh, just that sickening feeling, and it's like you're all squirmy, and just it's just like I cannot take it anymore. It's <laughs> you know what? I, awful. And I hadn't had that feeling forever, and I'm just kind of like, oh my god, this is awful. <laughs> I almost I wanted to walk out of. Uh, I've, I've told the story before, but I wanted to walk out of a uh, bringing down the house, the awful Steve Martin Queen, Queen <laughs> TV movie, which I didn't. Now I didn't pay to go see it. Let me just say that. Well, that's my good. friend that's, worked that's at the movie point. theater, so I wasn't stupid enough to actually pay to see this movie. But I went with a friend of mine, and for some reason, I was under the impression she was enjoying it. Uh-huh. After the movie was over, we both hated it, and she mm-hmm. was under the impression that I was enjoying it. And I'm thinking, but I don't know where either of us got that impression of the other one uh-huh. because neither one of us laughed the whole movie. For some reason, we, we stuck it out, but I so badly want to walk out of that movie after about five <laughs> seconds, despite Betty White uh, being oh, a slightly yes. racist character. Um, but Betty well, White's amazing. great and everything. Yeah, it, it is amusing. It's just like, oh, you silly racist old lady. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Avatar, I only went to. Now, here's, here's the funny story I have with Avatar, and then we'll get to your words for James Cameron, because yes. I'd like your take on this. Oh. And, and, and the chance my friends are listening, uh, we'll see whether or not someone else agrees All with right. uh, uh, your perspective about my poor decision-making when it came to Avatar. <laughs> Everybody was going, I'm sure you remember, everybody was going on and on and on and on about Avatar, how amazing it was, great movie, you have to go see it, you have to see it, you have to see it. One of my friends who was very insistent on you have to go see Avatar, because that came out in December, that Christmas gave me a gift card for the movie theater. I said, I will use this to go see Avatar. That is so funny, because that's that's exactly the same circumstance that I had seen it. I did not pay to see Avatar. Yeah, see, I didn't either. Now, I went... To uh, I, I was getting actually my car worked on, and um, I was I was close to the theater, so I thought I thought okay, I'll get my car repaired, and this movie's going to take like it's going to be about six hours, so my car should be done by the time I get out of the movie. And I went and saw it in IMAX in 3D because I figured all right, I want to give this movie a fair shake, full experience. If I'm going to see it, let me go see it in the best presentation possible, so that way. And again, I wasn't paying for it, but that way I can be completely objective about it. I made it through an hour, and I said. This movie's only an hour in, and, and I was hours. like, as soon as he learned how to how to ride the bird dinosaurs, which maybe was a little more than an hour in, I was like, mm. I'm out. I can't do this anymore. Really? And I walked out, and I got so much crap for it, not only because I walked out of what everybody for about six weeks regarded as the greatest theatrical achievement in the history of man, mm. but because I spent essentially someone else's money to see the movie. My friends felt I was obligated to sit through the entire movie, <laughs> which... <laughs> Like, hey, we paid for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. Look, the friend who gave me the gift card didn't make me feel guilty at all. He just thought thought it was funny that I walked out. But some of my other friends were like, no, of course you should have stayed to see the whole movie. It's like, you you owe him that. And I said, no, I don't. Because if if, if it was – the circumstance was the opposite and they used the gift card, whether I recommended a movie or not, they went and saw a movie they didn't like. I wouldn't want them to be obligated to waste another two hours of their life sitting through the remainder of the movie. I would never ask somebody that. So – I thought it was absolutely. I thought it was terrible. And at yeah. this point, the fact that they want to make three more movies, yes, I think it's over. I don't uh, think anybody cares about Avatar. No. Pretty much after it left theaters and, and came on Blu-ray, yeah, weeks later, I think people yeah. stopped caring about how great Avatar and, was. Well, did you also hear too that uh, apparently Disney World is going to be adding a Avatar Land to uh, to Animal Kingdom? We'll see. I, and we'll and to, see. To, to hardly any fanfare whatsoever. Yeah. Well, because allegedly that's another one of the the juggernauts for 2015, yeah. which 
We'll see. I don't think anyone's going to care in another two years. No, I don't think I anybody think, wants to go back to Pandora. No. No, no one. I mean, I don't. I mean, I, I, saw, <laughs> I, I was there once. I mean, yeah, the big reptilian, you know, uh, panther monster was cool or you know it's like it's you know it's you know it was, it was moderately fun to see you know what tarzan would be if he lived in the world of aliens and there's all like dances <laughs> with wolves and shit pocahontas i thought of when totally i watched the movie pocahontas. i was like this movie is pocahontas. It's pocahontas and without having any other reference for it everyone just says a great movie is a great movie nobody said yeah. anything about it being pocahontas mm-hmm. i'm watching the movie and i'm just like it's pocahontas this is pocahontas and he's john smith and yeah and uh Nintiri, i think it was her it name is pocahontas, is pocahontas. yeah this is literally the same movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is. And it's the white man is interfering with the minority. I mean, it was. Who, I mean, it was just, a tribe. It was the best superficial movie you could see. <laughs> I mean, I think you're it right. lo- looked great, sounded great. Um, I'm not particularly a fan of 3D. I really think it's actually a cancer on filmmaking. But the 3D was was the, I'll say it was pretty good. It, it was, was immersive. Good. It was immersive. I'll give it that. I really. But you know, 3D. I mean. 3D belongs in the Disney theme parks when like Muppet Vision. That's the most 3D. Oh, that was or great. Star Tours. You know, that's all I need. That's that's the best use of 3D because it's it's just no story, especially a story like that, is going to be com- able to compete with those visuals. And nor does does it necessitate those visuals. Oh, definitely. I mean, look, so, the last 3D movie I saw was actually I saw Star Trek Into Darkness in IMAX 3D, oh. and I mean lens flares in your face. For two hours, I I was seriously like, I just, I hope J.J. Ah. Abrams' Land Rover goes off a cliff because I'm just thinking, because <laughs> I, I, I my eyes are never going to recover from this. Ah, yeah. But uh, the, the 3D has become so. I mean, there, there, with the exception of Avatar, which I will give credit because obviously 3D was incredible. Mm-hmm. The only two movies where I felt the 3D was exceptional over the last few years mm-hmm. were How to Train Your Dragon because I saw that in IMAX 3D and that was beautiful. Yeah, that's pretty good. I do remember that. And The Avengers because you felt like you were in the middle of that. Yeah. fight in New York for mm-hmm. that you know that final forty five minute battle. You no, know, to me, it was. I it's that I don't need that part of the experience though because I mean with the Avengers, it's like and I'm a hardcore comic book Marvel guy, and I had no intention of seeing it in three D. Uh, never did see it in three D. It's the only movie I have seen more than two times in the last ten years, maybe. Really, wow. Um, and I was just engaged alone just with Joss's script and the way that the visuals played out in good old-fashioned 2D. Oh, definitely. It didn't, I mean, it didn't need the 3D. No. I thought the, I mean, the 3D, the quality 3D of 3D was a, great. Yeah, yeah. I will give it credit but for that. It's just, it's, just, it's just so unnecessary to me, this whole exercise of having things in 3D. Oh, it is. I I'm mean, not going to go see anything outside in 3D. of It's because it's a mere amusement. And you know where, where you can actually put 3D to use, where it's good and deserved? An amusement park. Yes. Don't put it in a movie. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Put I was, it in Disneyland. I was on the fence about um, going to see Jurassic Park back when it came out, I think, in I April. Did see it in, I did see that in 3D, and that was all right. I mean, That's what I heard is that it was all right. I, I, was, Jurassic... I was just thrilled to see it on the big screen again. I, I never saw it in the theater. I'm one of about oh. ten people who saw Last Action Hero instead. Although I stand by my decision because <laughs> I love Last Action Hero That's more right. than I love That's Jurassic right. Park. Right. And uh, everybody loves Last Action Hero now. No one admit at the time, <laughs> but I never saw a Jurassic Park in the theater, so mm-hmm. that was the only reason I thought just, about it. I mean, just the sound alone. Oh, definitely. And I was oh. really drawn to it. But I thought, I mean, hey, living out here in LA, going to see a 3D movie. Unless you go first thing in the morning, it's like seventeen dollars, and I thought, yeah, I, I own the movie. Yeah, 
don't yeah. think it's worth that much. I bought the Jurassic Park box and that's set what for it like was. thirty it's bucks. Like, like I get to see this movie on the big screen again in like a full IMAX screen. This legitimizes me spending thirty dollars on a yeah. ticket. Just because it's a movie I love so much, and that's so you know integral to my my childhood. So. Right. But, I mean, yeah, um, I, could, I could justify. But it's the, like you know, I mean, even, even for you know the Avengers or you know uh, a Disney movie, like like I even saw when they re released Lion King in 3D, and uh, just to see like, well, how are they going to do 3D of a 2D movie? <laughs> yeah, that's and and again, I mean, like like well, it's just yeah, it's just a cardboard cutout <laughs> and, and, and so like like well how was the 3d and it's like i couldn't really tell you because i didn't really care yeah <laughs> nor could i tell a fucking difference <laughs> yeah honestly i mean i've noticed that with plenty of movies in oh, in yeah. the last couple of years where i just think oh then i mean I, I couldn't wait to see pacific rim and i went and saw that but i mm-hmm. went and saw it in 2d on yeah. a regular screen yeah i didn't go see it in imax 3d because i thought i it's this i definitely much. have it's... well i also have more of a bias against movies that are not to say you can't do a good job converting a movie to 3d in post-production yeah but it's, it's still going to be lacking tougher. something. Yeah. It's it's not going to be as immersive. And if it's no. shot like Avatar was in 3D mm-hmm. and like some, some other movies are, but they're in the minority, mm-hmm. it's just not the same yeah. to me. I mean, I, I will admit, though, I am intrigued by seeing uh, Gravity in 3D because yes. of how visual that movie is. Mm-hmm. And also, I love every movie. Alfonso Cuaron does. Yes. yes. yes I've seen, I mean, he, he did the, what um, I regard as the best Harry Potter movie. Yes, well, <laughs> and, and he also uh, did what, one of my, probably my, in my top five movies of all time is Children of Men. Oh, that movie. I saw it's, that. I rented that one night. Insanely good. I was exhausted by the end. I oh. really felt like I'd been through it. Oh, my God. That's a fantastic piece of filmmaking. It really is. And I was just like, this, this guy's great. And yes. I mean, I see that movie and I think... All right, I may I, IMAX probably not, but I thought consider and, and same thing. It was um, converted in post production, but I thought now considering what we're talking about, since it's mainly digital anyway, with the exception of the actors, then I can see them animating it in 3D mm-hmm. so that it would be more huge. But I think it would also add to the claustrophobia and kind of uh, raise the emotional stakes mm-hmm. watching the movie and kind of get you more invested because you are you feel like you're in space. Mm-hmm. And you're stuck, so I thought, all right, yeah. you know what, I may go see. So that might break my, that might get me off the, the okay. no 3D high horse. All right. But I'm not, I'm not set on it yet. Yeah, we'll see what well, happens. We will see. We will see. Indeed. Yes. Well, thank you for being here, Ben. I do appreciate it. Thank I'm glad you, you, man. Finally it was, made it over to be on the it was show. Absolutely fantastic. Thank it you, sir. It was, and you're welcome back. Of course, I'd love to have you back on because you and I will easily be able to talk and talk and talk. Absolutely. And uh, entertain ourselves if no one else. Exactly. (laughs) That's what it's all about, baby. It is. I do this for me first. If people like it. This is therapy. It is, isn't it? It is. Just being able to chat. It's awesome. Yeah. And if you do like what you hear, folks, don't forget, subscribe on iTunes. The show is coming to various other apps near you. Give the show five stars like Ben is going to as soon as he gets home. Check out the yes. show on <laughs> check out the show on uh, Facebook. Give it the thumbs up. You can follow the show on Twitter at Cape Pod. You can also email the show at capethepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, let me know what you think. Let me know what you want to hear more of or less of or whatever. Or if you uh, don't want me to have Ben back, then please say so. Because uh, I if you don't want to hear from him, then uh, I'll just continue to hang out with him without microphones on. That reminds me. I'm going to have to write you an email when I get home. Apparently so. From a newly formed address. That's right. Dear Mr. Abalo. <laughs> I must say, your episode was I must Mills. say, I'm strongly offended by your words about Benjamin Mills. It's oh, so man. crazy. I sound like Bert Law. 
because you can do those voices. If I had a number, like a toll-free number, you could call in and leave feedback. You like, could totally call. I'd have 18 messages. Like, like wow. How Kevin, like how Kevin Pollock would, tur- would call Larry King as Alan Arkin. Have yes. you heard those, sir? Oh, I've heard that. It's awesome. <laughs> Hello, Larry. I, that guy's an imposter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand what's going on. I don't on. understand. Or called Paul Reiser once as Peter Falk. I don't know if you ever heard that story. No. It's a, all right. I'll play it for you when we're done with the show. All so right. Here we go, folks. Uh, that's the end for now. And uh, as always, check out the only podcast that matters. New every Friday. Uh, I told you about that at the top of the show, though. So uh, year four is coming. Make sure you check it out. And make sure you check out the upcoming re-released hilarious documentary, Running Amok in Boston. That's coming back to YouTube.com slash The Only Podcast on October 5th. So, until next time, for Ben Mills, this is Chris Abalo, and this was yet another experiment. Experiment.